What's going on, Trophy Kids? We have got an awesome one here for you. We are recapping some of last week's game, but because this podcast is getting out a little later than expected, we're jumping right into the game. We're giving you picks on both the Bengals and Chiefs game, and we're going over uh, the NFC Championship game. We are red hot. Right now on this podcast, I am 9-0. I'm technically 9-1 total playoffs because I did give a pick out on Twitter that I told the listeners, go to Twitter and get that pick. So we'll count that for the record. 9-1. Let's hopefully keep that going this weekend. Thank you for your continued support, and I hope you enjoy this episode. presented by bad news media it is january 29th it is conference championship week we've only got two more of these and we are on an absolute heater right now how are you Mm. doing today good sir i'm fantastic how are you doing better if we had recorded this earlier in the week the answer would have been i am Mm. currently on a football high from the bills chiefs game but also wildly depressed from my buccaneers in the way they did me dirty at the end of the game so it's gotten better since we recorded this at the end of the week we'll say that yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't want to dwell on it, but it, it definitely I understand. Like, man, like if you guys just showed up in the beginning, like, you have that game. There was a part of me. We had to go get my car because the night before I went out and celebrated the Bengals win as a normal human being should do. And mm-hmm. I was very hungover, but I had left my car at a, a friend's house like a responsible individual. Yep. Yes, we, we, mm-hmm. we practice responsibility here. And we went and got it after the Bucks game, and I did not say a single word. Like, my girlfriend looked at me like, are you okay? And I just looked at her with the biggest, like, the fuck I am. Yeah. Like, and it wasn't even like, I couldn't even really be mad because, like you said, we, we didn't deserve to be yeah. in that spot. Like, we played such a bad first half. We had so many insane things break our way, like a s- random snap after we fumble the ball that skyrockets over um, Stafford's head, fumble at the end of the game when they're trying to run out the clock. Like, we didn't really deserve to be there, but we were there. And then for Todd Bowles to just, like, have zero situational awareness and just call a blitz with man coverage and have Winfield, who is a great safety, but, like, has no business being one-on-one on the line with Cooper Cup at the end of the game where it was like, what, 28 seconds left? They're outside of field goal range on their own 48 or 44 or whatever. Just boneheaded move right there. Extremely boneheaded. I mean, you're going to put a safety on right now. I mean, the best wide receiver in the NFL as of you know this season. Um, yeah, that's not very smart. I mean, Stafford's you know, a veteran. He's going to see that right away in his eyes. You know, he's just going to hang on to that. What he did, which he did, he hung on to that ball for as long as he could. And then just hurled it, rocketed it, and a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, and a quarterback who's been very good against the blitz all season. Like statistically, yeah. he's been very good. And like this is the part where like we're not diving into this conversation, but like unless you really want to, but we generally don't. But like the people who want to still argue Brady Belichick, I always give a slight edge to Brady. But like the two needed each other, and this is the perfect example because Brady did his job, getting them back into the game, executing when it mattered, and being right there to win. But like no way in hell Bill Belichick is allowing defensive play calls that aren't protecting the boundaries and having high safeties that so you don't get blown over the top. Like that is why they had so much success is because like the situational awareness of the Patriots is 
on par as maybe the best of yeah. any organization. And this is the perfect example of like you needed both. And this was the perfect example, which I said in the beginning of the season, like dumb coaching mistakes are and injuries are going to ruin the season for us. And that's unfortunately what happened. It, it is surprising to see that they're coming from Todd Bowles. I mean, he's such like a respected defensive yeah. coach and all that, but I mean, you know, I'm not saying, you know, this paints him or anything, but just like, what, like this, Interesting call, just something no one seemed to agree with. Obviously, though, you know, if it worked, though, everyone you know calls him a genius. It kind of is one of those situations. It's true. So and maybe they just they just praise like you know his balls or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, and that's one thing. Like I, I still like Todd Bowles. He did great things with the defense last year. He did good things given the circumstances. This year, we've been banged up all the all season long. Like I'm not like on the like I'm not overly pissed. It was just like it was almost that like discipline. Like I'm not mad i'm disappointed like how could you be so mm-hmm. stupid in that situation like or not even stupid just to be that risky when you don't have to be like you yeah. like we just saw their kicker miss a kick that i can't believe any professional kicker getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars would miss earlier in the season <laughs> or earlier in the game like he just didn't have the leg for it and we're gonna go blitz now when they're not even in close to field goal range like it just seemed boneheaded but then i mean sunday night Arguably one of the greatest football games. I mean, I legitimately, like, that was one of those experiences where, like, I am high after watching something. Like, I feel like I just did drugs after watching what I watched in the Bills-Chiefs game. That was exhilarating football. That was incredible. Literally in the last, like, three minutes of that game, I think I said, this is the best game ever. I I said it, like, probably ten times. And someone even called me out. You said it, like, a hundred times. I'm like, because it is! (laughs) Like, it was amazing. That game was exhilarating i mean i i know everything mahomes did was amazing but something about josh allen and the release when the ball when he just throws it i, I don't know it's just it's it just looks so different to me it, it's just like mesmerized i'm just like how do you do that like, it's crazy it's insane and i was listening to an earlier podcast so i'm not taking this take by any means but it was the perfect take like josh allen is like one of the few quarterbacks where when he throws a deep bomb, the ball never leaves the screen because he doesn't have to put insane loft on it. It just fucking zips across, and it is so fun to watch. And then he's like this powerful runner, like Cam Newton, not as fast and agile, but like that size and power running the ball where he injures players when they try to tackle him. It is awesome to watch. It's so awesome to watch that, yes, Mahomes is a better player, but Josh, Allen's good enough to the point where I think I'd rather have Josh Allen on Washington just because it's so awesome to watch him and watching him just run over linebackers. And <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, he's he's so fun to watch. I think I'd rather have him on the team than Mahomes. Absolutely incredible. <laughs> like he is so much. And if they ever put it, if they build a dome in Buffalo, which I think takes a little away from like the fun of yeah. Buffalo, but at the same time, mm-hmm. Josh Allen will be unstoppable at home. Like I, I don't know how you stop him. Um, the numbers that he would put up would be just. Ridiculous. Yeah, fascinating. <laughs> um, now, we'll see also. I mean, Dable's probably going to get a head coaching job if the league is smart. I, I would be willing to bet enormous mm-hmm. sums of money on that. So we'll see who McDermott hires at the OC. That'll be important. But Josh Allen, at this point, is a franchise quarterback. I think no matter who you handle, it's just the yeah. style you play. Do you, you know, do you take your, we're going to say, Lamborghini and drive it at 25 miles per hour, or do you let that thing roar? So, um. How do you feel about the overtime rules? It's the big debate. Mm. It, <laughs> I think we're slightly prisoners of the moment, but also it is yeah. sort of dumb. Like I, I think it's dumb and stupid. But and prisoners of the moment in that game, you're like, God damn it, I wish they had the offense. But generally speaking, I don't necessarily care. I did hear a phenomenal solution, but before I give it out, I wanted to hear your your opinion on it. <laughs> I mean, I think 
we've got to change these rules up. Like, imagine if that was the Super Bowl. Um, I mean, that kind of did happen. I think that Atlanta and New England went to overtime, right? Uh, I believe in that comeback. I could be wrong. I think in that comeback it went to overtime, but could be wrong on that. Um, And that I remember was kind of a bummer. Like, I don't want, like, a Super Bowl going to overtime again where you just, you know, I think – I could be totally wrong, but I wanted to say New England went down and scored on the first possession that James White touchdown. But um, that's to me is just a bummer, and you don't want to see that happen again. And just both teams need to touch the ball. Like it's just it's especially in that game, you knew that game. Whoever got the ball was winning. Yeah. No one was stopping anyone. And I don't think people would even care if we kept the rules that are in place right now for the regular season. It's just when you get to the postseason, changing it in yeah. some format, like getting a rebuttal. Chris Long gave out. It's kind of a wild idea. It would be hilarious and also so much fun. But uh, did you hear this at all? I don't think I did. I'm going to paraphrase a little bit. I apologize to Chris Long if this somehow gets back to you. Awesome. Come on the pod by all means. But he essentially put out this idea, and I think it's great. Screw the coin toss. You have both teams meet at half, and they alternate. They, they're facing each direction, so offense, plan, and defense, and they alternate going. And whoever scores first wins. But... If you if you get to fourth down and you fail to convert on fourth down, you go back to the fifty. So there's like some strategy. Yeah, like, do you go for broke right away off the bat? Do you try to be like, mm-hmm. you know, chip and dunk here or whatever? But like, you just you both line up. One team goes, one play. Then they stop. Mm-hmm. The next team guy goes. You start at the fifty and you just go. And I think that would be one hysterical and two just like a very interesting change that I I had never even thought of. I mean, I believe he's a UVA grad, much smarter than me, probably. Um, he, yeah, that's very well thought out. I mean, that'd be crazy. I, I could never actually see that game. Thought, I can't but either. But it would be awesome. That, I think those are like the yeah, those are pretty awesome. And by the way, I just want to say yes, that game did go to overtime, which kind of sucks. I yeah. mean, so New England just got that ball. They were, I mean, they completed that amazing comeback, and then it was just like, well, obviously they're about to go win, and they did. Yeah. Um, and I just don't want to see that happen again. No, absolutely not. It's it's dumb, and it should change for the playoffs. I don't care if you keep it for the regular season, and I don't think you should necessarily adopt the college, or if you do, they should start from further back because I think yeah. Playing yeah. the Chiefs and Bills starting at like the 20-yard line is just... Yeah. Score right away. <laughs> that game's never-ending. Um, but So I do think you should make it a little bit challenger. I don't know the solution, but the rules definitely have to change. Um, yeah. And I, I like all options I've heard, essentially, that just allows for some form of a rebuttal or Chris Long's system. I'm down for any of them, but they do have to change. Um, all right. I Oh, Aaron Rodgers, too. Before we move on to these games, we have to talk Packers. Who <laughs> Packers Nation, for the first time in in a way too long are going to suffer like normal football fans because they went from one hall of fame quarterback in Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers and have had, and even though they only got one Super Bowl out of Aaron Rodgers, you know, they've been sitting pretty right now, not having to worry about that when the rest of us stress, but Aaron Rodgers, this, that game was terrible. And for a guy who complains more than I think anybody at that elite level does personally like he's talking about he's being silenced even though anytime he speaks there's like 40 mics in front of him he doesn't understand the meaning of being silenced constantly complaining like people don't hate you because of the vaccine like sure there are people that hate you because of the vaccine thing but the vast majority of people don't it's because they think you're arrogant and like everything else you do still a great quarterback like i don't want to take away from that but this game and it doesn't fall completely on him because in postseason you got to be a complete team you got to play special teams defense offense but to only score 10 points 
when you are considered an MVP candidate and to be playing the state played like where he's just forcing the ball. He was playing hero ball, forcing the ball, not taking like how Tom Brady's fantastic and Patrick Mahomes, which we'll get to, you know, for taking what defenses give him. Like he just played absolute garbage. It was embarrassing, honestly, if you're a Packers fan or Aaron Rodgers. I know he doesn't probably feel embarrassed, but embarrassing game. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was pretty embarrassing too. And like, like you said, people don't really, I mean, some people do just, like him because the vaccine thing but i mean i my i don't really dislike aaron Rodgers, but my recent like kind of like taken back by aaron Rodgers, he just seems to be a pain in the ass yeah um, like super so like, high maintenance <laughs> yeah he seems to be really annoying um so and that you know i those type of people kind of bother me um so yeah and just to to play that way it was when i was watching the game it was like they're, you know they're up 10-3 it, it, but it's it didn't even seem like for a while like San Francisco was even threatening them or like even really had a chance to win. Obviously, the block punt was a huge thing that pretty much turned the entire game. But it, I was just waiting for, you know, Rodgers to make this thing 17-3. I was just waiting for him to put it away, and he wasn't doing it. Yep. Um, and that's kind of what you expect out of, you know, one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. Um, I just think next year, depending obviously where Rodgers is, but say Rodgers is in Green Bay – we have to be really careful about this team in the playoffs. Um, just, even just in the divisional rounds, that you can't trust them. I don't think I'm going to be wagering on Aaron Rodgers. Honestly, wherever he ends up, I probably won't be wagering on Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. Um, it's just too long of a sample size now. Yep, and especially at this point in his career, where it's like, don't get me wrong, his skill set's been phenomenal, but we both know that being a great quarterback is more than just being having great arm talent and great talent. Like, mm-hmm. There's more that gets into it. Everybody on the same page, you know, taking the plays, like making everybody around you better, which I don't think he did because he didn't trust his wide receivers. At this point in the season, the only two people he seemed to trust were Devontae Adams and Jones. Yep. What are we, what are we doing here? Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, that to me speaks volumes about the type of quarterback he is at this point in his career. He doesn't seem interested at developing the team like Tom Brady does, where like, you know, his timing was a little off with guys, but we're moving down the depth chart. Or other quarterbacks, yeah. Patrick Mahomes. Like, we see other players outside of Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey having huge roles in the Chiefs run right now because Patrick Mahomes has spent the time with his team. He trusts the other guys around him to go out and make plays. And, like, Aaron Rodgers was just forcing balls left and right. He played terribly. It, it, at this point in his career, he's still great. But at this point, it, it, it's not... What he's doing, the high maintenance he has, isn't worth it to me if you're a Packers fan. And I may be saying this a little bit in case Tom Brady leaves. I wouldn't My tune will change in a heartbeat. I know yours will too if he ends up on your football team. But oh, man. At this point, it is. It, it's sort of a nightmare situation, it feels like. Yeah, kind of. It's just weird that he he got to this playoff game and then, like, literally, like you said, he was only forcing it to Devontae. I mean, he ended the season. I mean, like, Alan Lazard in the last four games, had last three games, had, like, four touchdowns and, like, 200 yards. And, I mean, he just like he threw it to him one time. He had one reception for six yards in that game. He was wide open in that play where he forced the ball into triple coverage. Yeah, I know. Like wide open. <laughs> I know. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. It's bizarre. That play right there, I was like, oh, Aaron Rod. Like, yeah, it, it, it's downhill from there. But you know, he goes to. There are teams that if you implement him on Broncos, held Titans. Yeah. Bucks, yeah. you know, if Adams follows him to Washington. That team changes dramatically with Scary Terry. Like, there are teams, if you put them in there, don't get me wrong, they're right there. But mm-hmm. it is that weird thing. We saw it at the end of – we see it at the end of some quarterbacks' careers where it just – the game is sort of starting to slip, but not really because they're still playing at an elite level. But mentally they're just not – not where you want to be to win 
championships, I guess, is, is the best yeah. way I'm saying that. <laughs> one one sleeper, I think, one sleeper team, ironically, I think is San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that could be an interesting formula. Um, yeah. It, it it's funny because that that hasn't been talked about a ton. I don't think there. Are, I yeah, mean, Denver seems to be the, yeah. Denver seems to be the leading candidate, and their coaching hire definitely helps that. Yeah. But that would be interesting. I would be very yeah. interested. We're going to talk about them in a minute and what they've because they have a scenario with Jimmy G that they're going to have to figure out here at some point very soon. Um, yeah. But anything before we move on to the football games this weekend here? Um, no, I think we've covered a good bit there. Nice. All right. Well, we have got a reputation to uphold at this point. This streak is now making me nervous. I am currently 9-0 on picks given out on this podcast. 9-1, though, total, because I did tell the listeners, go check out the Twitter feed and Instagram. I'm going to give out the Bengals-Titans pick on there. I was wrong in the over there. Devastated by that. I mean, I feel like that should have hit. We'll talk. We can talk about that in a moment. But um, we got a reputation. You've also been red hot. We're killing it right now on this podcast. We got two games here to nail it. Let's start in chronological order. Bengals, Chiefs. The line is at seven and a half. It has been moving. It opened at six and a half at most books. It's now up to seven and a half. It's got that hook on there. Over under 54 and a half. Can the Bengals continue what seems to be a streak where they just have a horseshoe shoved up their ass and are just pulling out games left and right? Continue <laughs> that streak against the Chiefs, who are red hot at this point. I mean, they are... They're killing it. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Chiefs are on fire. I mean, I would have to assume that... I mean, I know you're in here. You're with me. Um, We all want the Bengals to win. I would assume the majority of America wants the Bengals to win. Um, And at least four teams remaining, I think, the majority of America America is rooting for Cincinnati. I'd agree. (sighs) I'm a little, I mean, I know Kansas City is red hot, but this spread is kind of big. Um, I, I, I like Cincinnati's chances in terms of covering. Um, I, don't, I don't love their chances in terms of winning the game, but I mean, they have, they have the ability. So I, I, I'm not going to pick them to win, but I will pick them in the plus seven and a half. Um, I know the past Chiefs, like six or seven Chiefs games have gone over. I, I guess I'm going to, it's a pretty big number, but I'll stick with the over here because both these off are so explosive. I mean, capable. Jamar Chase, I would love for Jamar Chase and uh, Tyreek Hill just to go out and race. Um, Tyreek Hill probably barely win, but I don't know. Um, so we're going to see some huge plays in this game. I don't know. I haven't even looked to see um, like what, what a prop bet is for like longest play. I don't even care. If it's like 73, fuck it. Yeah. I Take over. Why not? I mean, who cares? <laughs> With the way these two teams playing and the weapons they have, it's very reasonable that you we could see that easily. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I, so that would be a pretty safe bet, I think. I, I agree. I think there's value there for sure. Um, the Bengals, yeah, like I said, they just they're just winning games that it feels like even that Titans game last week. Even though Todd Downing as the offensive coordinator for the Titans, I don't know if did he just take the bye week off? Like, did he come into the <laughs> office and study any tape? Like, I don't know what that play calling was. Um, Tannehill, terrible. Mike Rabel, terrible. Like, it, it, and even then, you still at points were like, I think they're still going to win this game. But then the Bengals came and did Bengals things. And, you know, Joe Burrow's out here with a broken headset calling plays, a man on fire. The first half, Zach Taylor was such a Zach Taylor first half, wasting downs, terrible play calling. Second half, they turned around and started doing things that were beneficial to the Bengals, which you can't have 
that slow start this week. Obviously, that's no. like yeah, no shit, Nate. Like the Bengals are gonna have to score points because I like I like almost every over in this game. Like I like the Chiefs team over at thirty one and a half. I like the Bengals team over at twenty three and a half. I like the over at fifty four and a half. Like I'm sort of like I think there are gonna be some points here because I think we can all agree that the Chiefs at some point are gonna have a blown coverage. The Bengals are probably gonna have a blown coverage. I think when you go back and look at that game previously, that plays to the over benefit. Like the Chiefs know that the Bengals came back like that against them, down fourteen. So you can't really take your foot off the pedal. So I think you know, Patrick Mahomes has on in this playoffs to his credit has played beautifully, but he is he's not really forcing anything. He's taking what the defense gives him, and that can be a little bit more methodical. But we both know these teams have huge hit potential. I think if you're a Bengals fan. There is some worry. I know people are raving about the defense because of what they did against the Titans, which, you know, like I said, Todd Bowles took off the week of the bye week and didn't come into the office. But that's not to take away from the fact that there was great energy by the Bengals and they loaded the box and they beat up on the Titans and they played great too. Like, I'm not, I don't want to discredit them too much there. But when I go back and look at that Chiefs game, because I did go back and watch it, the Chiefs' offensive line was somewhat in disarray. They, you know, at one point they were down both tackles. Tooney was playing left tackle. That's a downgrade now at guard. So you have three downgraded offensive linemen. And the Bengals were struggling to get pressure. And this is a defense they spent a lot of money on. This is the third most expensive defense line, third most expensive secondary in the league right now. So that is a little concerning because I do think you're going to have to get pressure on Mahomes if you want to try to win this game. But we're talking about covering. And I kind of see value here as well in the Bengals. Like, I, yeah, I've been a Zach Taylor hater, but I just, it's that kind of like they never seem to be out of the fight. They're a never die team. Joe Burrow is got ice in his veins. I mean, I think this is the reason that America loves this team. They look at Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and Higgins and Boyd and just the way this offense has this swagger, and it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Like, that's one. I like that point you brought up. Like, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, they are not scared at all going to Kansas City. Like, this, like, I know they're young, but I mean, they've played a massive game. Joe Burrow showed nothing, nothing really rattles him. Um, so, yeah, I agree. It's just, and you're going to give me seven and a half. I mean, you're going to give me an opportunity for like, at least for them to backdoor it. I, I, I'll take that every time. 100%. And you look at this Bengals offense, they're currently number one in the NFL in yards gained through the air, which I don't think is a surprise to anybody. And we know that this Chiefs defense, while they have been playing better, Tyron Matthew had a concussion. Um, the defensive line has played hugely since Ingram has come over. We we were on that pretty early compared, I think, to most podcasts and media. Like this is, this is a game changer because now you can kick Jones inside. But the Chiefs, you know... Their their philosophy is more bend don't break. They've gotten more aggressive this year, but they're a bend don't break team. And if you play that style against a team that gets chunk yard after chunk yard after chunk yard, and you get guys in open space, and we've seen the Chiefs not be the greatest tacklers at times. You know Jamar Chase and Nixon in space. I wouldn't yeah. want to be trying to tackle them. <laughs> Jamar Chase is. I mean, he's. I knew he was fast, but whoa. Yeah, <laughs> lightning quick. Insane. I, I look like I got egg on my face because I was a big Suell guy who has played phenomenal, by the way, for the Lions, for all the people that were also on that. But Chase is a game changer. Like, they wouldn't be here yeah. without Chase. Now, the offensive line would be better, but I don't think they'd be here without Chase. And he is a, a, an absolute game changer, even in his rookie season. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I was with you on that, too, by the way. I didn't think they should have taken him. Wrong. Um, 
yeah, good pick. <laughs> yeah, great pick. But and also great pick by the Lions too. Like they're both playing at great level. Like, oh, yeah. I think yeah. I think he's graded out as the best rookie left or tackle right now. But like Chase is a game changer. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um also can we talk about the fact that do we think this is the most blo- overblown thing? Like how dumb are NFL people that like Joe Burrow's comments about like, yeah, I played in louder environments. Like that was controversial. Like have you seen college football stadiums, especially in the SEC? Like the majority of the SEC has just logistically tens of thousands of more people than Arrowhead does. I know Arrowhead's rocking, but like, what are we talking about here? Yeah. Look, I mean, you're talking about playing in Death Valley at night in Louisiana, and they, I mean, don't get me wrong, I know, I know um, Missouri, I know they like their alcohol there too, but I mean, these people, they get, they get liquored up and loud and I mean a bunch of college kids come on yeah you've got bands you got drunk college kids against the SEC you've got stadiums that fit over a hundred thousand people at some of these stadiums like yeah, what are we they're talking? hammered yeah and they're hammered right like they've been drinking if it's a night game they've been there since like 8 a.m <laughs> yeah, exactly like what are we talking about like I don't understand how like he wasn't like really dissing him. he was just like yeah I don't get phased by the pressure because I've been in louder stadiums which is not controversial at all I don't understand how that became a thing I mean it- people think like NFL stadiums are louder. I mean, the players are better. They're not louder. <laughs> no. I think there's like nine stadiums in the, or eight, seven. I don't know. I did the math earlier this week. There's like seven or eight stadiums that are bigger than the biggest NFL stadium in oh, the yeah. SEC. Like, oh, yeah. I don't know what we're talking about. Yeah. The dumbest thing ever. Um, all right. So you're, you're, you're liking the Bengals value at the plus seven. I like the over. I like team over for both the Chiefs. I don't like it as much for the Bengals, but I do kind of like it. And I like the over my pick right now. I will give a game side pick on Twitter um, and Instagram. So make sure you're following at Trivia Kids Pod to find that. But let's talk about the 49ers Rams. Unless you have anything else before we move on. No, no, I'm good to go. I think we covered that pretty well. 49ers Rams, this game. Mm-hmm. Oh, this I think this is a legacy game for McVeigh. Not a legacy game because he's got obviously a long career, but at this point, this is a pretty big fork in the road. Because if he loses this game, it would make it seven straight to Kyle Shanahan. The line is set at three and a half. Over unders forty five and a half. How are we liked in this game? I I love the game, but what are we liking here? How are you breaking this down? I'm I'm really annoyed by the spread just because. I, I hate to like do this to the pod, but like it's basically like if this spread stays how it is, I'm gonna go Niners. If this spread goes to three, I might I'll, I might go Rams. Um, so that's where I'm a little annoyed here. So I probably be making my wager here on this at like 6:38 Eastern on Sunday. But like you said, it, it's huge for McVay in my opinion, just because like McVay and Shanahan, you know, I mean they're friends, but they're rivals. Um, they're almost like they're like a the coach's form of like a Brady Manning kind of thing almost. Um, and he's got it. He's got to beat Shanahan eventually. And what better time to do it than right here. Um, I, I just think the Rams are the better team but for whatever reason. They can't beat the Niners, but at the same time, it's really hard to beat a team three times in one season. So I, I lean Rams if this spread moves, but I feel like it'll move, but I don't really know. But it's kind of a bad pick, but if it stays at this, I'll probably go Niners. Sorry, not the best, uh, not the best analysis there. <laughs> All good. I like it. That was the thing with the Chiefs thing. Like at six and a half, I like the Chiefs a lot. At seven yeah. and a half, I like. I like. I have. I think there's some value. I'm not ready to pull the trigger yet on a side in that game, but like that same kind of logic, same thing here. Like three and a half, I, I think there's value. I, I think this is a really bad 
kind of matchup for the Rams potentially because to me the Rams are built for the new age of football and Kyle Shanahan is very much sort of he does a really great job of blending old school with the new school he just doesn't have the quarterback to really I think maximize it but it's also hard because like Jimmy G wins him a lot of games even though he doesn't play very well and I don't think that's controversial in the least bit no matter what Jeff Garcia says about Jimmy G's performance but like it, it, it isn't the best but like the Rams defense just like when you look at it logistically it's built to kind of play against new age offenses and this is an offense that is sending Trent Williams in motion now they're playing yeah. tight ends and fullbacks at a higher rate than anybody else in the NFL. They play big boy bully football. And while the Rams have great talent like Aaron Donald, who is perfectly fine in that environment, and Von yeah. Miller is phenomenal, don't get me wrong, but he's a little undersized for an edge guy when you have Trent Williams yeah. in motion and you have Greg Kittle there and you have fullbacks coming out of the backfield and you just you're doing all these things. And then Kyle Shanahan mixes in a ton of motion to get matchups. So Debo is away from Jalen Ramsey and you're getting favorable matchups on cer- certain sides of the field. And it's just like for all the failings that I think or not failings, but maybe shortcomings or weaknesses Kyle Shanahan might have as an overall head coach, which people think and we've thought at period times from an offensive mm-hmm. strategy standpoint. He's phenomenal at mixing those two styles. And I think that's really, like, a really bad matchup for the Rams. Do you think the Rams, I mean, it's a one-game sample. Clearly, they haven't been able to do it yet. Now, they do have Stafford, and we can talk about that side of the ball here in a minute. But, like, do you think they have a chance to be competitive when we look at that defense versus this offense right now? I mean, it's a great way to look at it just because you look at the Rams, like like you said about Von Miller. Von Miller, he's a phenomenal player he's first ballot hall of famer but he's i mean like you said he's perfect for the modern nfl he he can it's a passing league he, he's an elite pass rusher i mean he could he, he could play the run but just it's not you know what he would eat at so i mean that's a that's a great thing to bring up um, i mean i don't i don't hate the way you're like breaking it down like that the only thing that i'm worried about like with the niners jimmy g is he gonna turn the ball over you know two or three times i mean i know that's what la's gonna want that happen if LA can get up to up to like an early lead then I think San Francisco could be in trouble it's weird because I like I want the Rams to win because I, I want to see good quarterbacks in the Super Bowl so I'd, I'd rather Stafford go and he could play either Mahomes or Burrow they're both great um, but like it's funny because the Niners are like a great example of me as a Washington fan like if we did what they did because we never have quarterbacks like that's how we actually win but they, I just don't want them to because one they're kind of I don't really like them as you know yeah. and <laughs> it's just but it's annoying because they're constructed like a way that my team could actually be good yep I agree and here's the other thing about this offense versus defensive matchup that is if you're going to be a Rams backer would at least it gives me concern at this point in the season, the Rams are giving up the third most total yak in the NFL this season. I don't know if you noticed, but Debo Samuel is pretty damn good in the open space. There is a reason that even though Jimmy G has underperformed, the Raiders are second in yards gained per pass because they do a great job of getting guys in open space and then making plays in the open space. And their expected points off the pass is ninth in the NFL. So, <laughs> that is a concerning matchup to say the least. Um, and I'm, I take the approach that Jimmy G has played pretty terrible in the postseason right now, but he's still yeah. getting wins. I think he can play better in this game, which kind of boosts that 49ers because the thumb's a little bit healthier. He's going to be in a dome. 
So as long as he doesn't play as bad as he's played, I think that's advantage 49ers. Now we flip the ball. I'm not saying McVay can't beat the 49ers defense. But there is kind of that mindset. I don't know how much gravitas you give it. But like Shanahan taught him this offense. Shanahan is his mentor. Now McVay has clearly put his spin on it. But I think that's a huge advantage. No, when you have the coach who sort of created this offensive philosophy. And sure, McVay has changed it and altered it to make it his. But at its core, they're very similar-ish. And we've seen that fail. And yes, golf has been the the bulk of that sample size. But even Stafford mm-hmm. struggled the first time around because it was a lot of zone. It's not a lot of blitzing. It 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 causes some wrinkles there. Yeah, I I, I agree with you. I do think Shanahan has a big influence on McVay. And this might sound kind of funny me bringing this up, but you might want to remember that McVay, as an offensive coordinator, <clears throat> is actually under Jay Gruden. Um, so he does have a little bit of Jay Gruden in him. But um, but definitely more, you know, the new age thinking of Shanahan. I, I I do agree. It's just like that offense. It is made for like new age football and just the way the Niners play. I mean, it's just that old school, just kind of like in your face type play. So it, I don't know, man. It, this is a tough game. It is, and I I do think the 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 Rams could win here because they are playing at a very high level. But there are things that concern me, like the fact that the Forty ers blitz at the fourth least rate in the NFL. Like they, they need, and they, they still get to. pressure. Yeah. And that yeah. offense, that defensive line, especially in the postseason, has been eating. I mean, they are a bear to deal with. Like they are like, yeah. you woke a bear during hibernation yeah. and they're going to claw your face off good right now. And so that allows you to drop everybody back, not play aggressive man, which Stafford would rather you play man than zone. And so it's just like stylistically, matchups make fights. I agree. I think I'd rather see the Rams because I think Rams versus whoever comes out of the AFC is just a more fun matchup. But I look at this and it's like, I get why the Rams have really struggled against the 49ers because everywhere I look, it's like, damn, the 49ers just... Stylistically, there aren't a lot of teams that really kind of mismatch against the Rams. The Rams match up so well with so many teams, but it feels like this is the team that just matchups terribly against them. Yeah, I mean, the only like real advantage I give to the Rams, and the issue obviously is you know how much time Stafford will have, though. I mean, I do think Cup and Beckham will be able to work their secondary a little bit if you know if Stafford has time. I mean, yep. that's huge. Um, I mean, I actually like Beckham's prop right now is at fifty-two and a half. I think I mean he has very much solidly put himself in that number two role on that offense. Um, in the last two games, I believe he's been over sixty yards. So I, I kind of like him at fifty-two and a half. Cup's in at one hundred three. I mean that. Both games against San Francisco has gone over 100, but I mean, that's I'm always scared when you go into 100 <laughs> in, in like playoff games. But Debo's at 51 and a half, and you just bring up the yak factor. I mean, that is tempting. Yep. Um, I will say though, if you actually look at his numbers, he's actually of a few props in, in the playoffs so far. He hasn't, he hasn't had like you know, like a 100 all purpose game in the playoffs yet. Yeah. Um, he just has, you know, he has these key plays where, you know, it's third and seven and they hand it off yeah. and he gets a first down. Um, but yeah, just, those are some props that maybe I like, but this game is, this is a tough one, man. I don't know. I, I seriously am not going to place a bet like on the spread until like five minutes before. Yeah. I, I like your logic going to this. Like at three and a half, I'm taking 49ers at this yeah. point, but if it drops yeah. below that, I think there's a debate, at least 
from my point of view, there's now a debate for the Rams. But I think at three and a half with that hook in there, I, I'm taking the, the 49ers as my pick. Um, also, two things that you mentioned that I, oh, I had to ask questions about. Um, one, Cooper Cup. I mean, people don't want to admit it, but like, I don't know. I won't necessarily say he's the, the highest skilled wide receiver necessarily, but he is well deserving of the conversation, and I may give it to him best producing wide receiver right now in the NFL. And I, I don't know that there's much of a debate there. He might be. Like I remember like, I don't know, probably seven weeks ago on the podcast, I was like, is Cooper Cup really Cooper Cup really the best wide receiver? Yeah. And we were like, eh, maybe, I don't know. But did he? Yeah, he might be. I mean, he's... He's slowly putting it together like, like oh shit. <laughs> I mean, you just keep watching him. You're just like, Jesus, like, this is insane. Like, how are you doing this? <laughs> he just keeps producing. Like I said, there are guys that I think, like, talent-wise, I'd rather have at wide receiver maybe. Yeah, like Tyreek Hill. Yeah, I was going to say Tyreek Hill, maybe Hopkins healthy. Like there are guys where like, yeah, there are some guys that I'd rather draft, but production wise, it's hard to argue at this point that he isn't deserving of at least being in that conversation. Some people like write it off like it's stupid and it's like, this is not stupid. Like you're clearly not watching. Um, I mean, almost 2000 yards in the season. (laughs) It's insane. Um, Absurd. uh, Second part, Odell Beckham. I mean, one hitting on all cylinders. And I don't know if it was a possibility, but could you imagine if he had gone to Green Bay? Do you think that game changes at all? <laughs> Interesting take. Um, honestly, yeah, probably. Like I think so. It, it's kind of funny because we kind of, like, and I'm guilty of this, we sort of shat on him when he was in Browns, but we're sort of figuring out that, like, mm, it seems to be a Baker issue that he we, couldn't get him the ball. Now, <laughs> we did sh- we did kind of shout on a little bit, but we also did mention, we did watch the video and he's open. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that made a very good video. The man's open. Yeah, we did at the time. You can go back, release the tapes. The t- tapes are out there. We did go. We both watched them and go, we may have been wrong there. He is. Yeah, he, he's open. He's open. <laughs> yeah. He's like 7-Eleven, always open, but not always doing yeah. business when he was on the Browns. Um, But. Yeah, I think that, like, because there were a couple landing spots, and I think Green Bay was, like, rumored potentially there. Like, Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that could have been a game changer. Because now, he, you've seen him. He struggled when he first got to the Rams, but that seemed to be just, like, him and Stafford not on the same page. And now yeah. they're on the same page. He's a legitimate weapon within this offense that just has weapons yeah. all over the place at wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't see why he won't continue or as long as they continue to play, just continue to produce. I, I'll be interested. I, I don't think he's under contract next season. I don't um, believe so. Yeah, I'll be interested to see you know, what they do if they try to keep him or not. I think he probably fits in there, and I think he he would love L.A., I assume. So yeah. it's a good spot for him, I think. I, I, I think I think Odell is very much enjoying L.A. <laughs> if yeah, I just had I, I to think guess. So. I don't know him personally, only through what yeah. I see, but I would I would assume the man that you know had the boat scandal is enjoying the L.A. life <laughs> while also you know having a little bit more cover, maybe. <laughs> and there's so many other people that can be taking pictures of it. Yeah, exactly. You can blend in a little bit more if he wants to playoff time. You know, you can stand out the rest of the time, but playoff time can hide away a little bit. Um, exactly. All right, nice. I, I think that does it for those two games. Unless you got anything else, um, I think we covered those pretty pretty damn well for the listeners here. Yeah, I think so. Um, I was gonna say, oh, do you have anything else? Just football in general or sports, anyways? As now we're breaking into all types of things now with football season coming to an end, unfortunately. Uh, nothing really, but I mean, it's very minor, but Alex Ovechkin at the age of 36 is like, I don't know if he's leading the NHL in points right now, but he was like two days ago. That's absurd. Just 
Side note, that is crazy. Yep. Also, I'm a giant fan of this ESPN Plus deal because I've been able to watch way oh, yeah. more hockey and I can actually comment on it. It is insane. Like, we we love to talk about the Brady effect and how long he's been going and some of these guys. Mm-hmm. Andrew Whitworth, another guy who I feel like we're not talking nearly enough. Like, Brady's impressive, don't get me wrong, but this is a man that's been banging in the, in the trenches for yeah. years <laughs> and is still playing at a high level. Like, yeah. Whitworth was incredible. Um, but yeah, Ovechkin, yeah. also another sport very physically demanding on the body and is just yeah. flying around. Unreal. Um, just quick other sign that is Tom retiring. <sighs> Dude, I hope not. We'll see. He might be retiring. I, I am nervous about it. I don't know if I am definitely not prepared for him to tire, but I don't know if the football world is really ready for him to retire right now because that game we got, I like we got it with actually, you know, the take isn't as great because we got it with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. But there's like, I don't know if we're truly ready to let go of the dude who maybe made a deal with the devil, who is just never out of games and is constantly a thorn in all of the NFL. But I am certainly not ready, and I I hope not because the Bucks will be in a very peculiar situation to say yeah, the least. I don't know. Like that'll be a weird situation. I I will say he has always said that like he's not going to do like a, a retirement tour, which I can respect. So mm-hmm. it, I think it's going to be a surprise whenever he does it. So how hopefully for you, it's not now. <laughs> I would. I hope one more year. Let's go out high. I think Gronk also probably retiring this offseason. I don't know. Maybe he comes back. Mm-hmm. I don't have a great feeling about that one. I think that also may tip the scales a little bit. I also think like if I'm Tom, it's hard to get into his brain. But if I'm Tom, your life, your life is sweet. Yeah, your life is awesome. <laughs> great. But I maybe hang back and see what the Bucks do free agency wise, and be like, if you do X, Y, and Z. You know, Leftwich is probably getting a head coaching job. Maybe we'll see. Yeah. You know, who's the OC we're hiring? I would love Joe Brady, but if Tom says he wants somebody else and he'll stay because of that, hire whoever the hell Tom wants. I don't care if it's his gardener. Hire his trainer. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't care. But and get the players you want, sign them, whatever. Whatever you got to do, do it. But um, if he does retire, oh, man. Uh, I'm going to. I hope we make calls to Seattle. I hope we make calls about Aaron Rodgers. I hope we make calls all over the place because what I do not want to see is Blaine Gabbert or Alex Trask out there with this team next year. I'm just going to say that right now. I Just kill me now. <laughs> Man, could you imagine if that happened? Oh, my God. I would be... I would have to imagine we have to get... It's night and day. Yeah. <laughs> Different planets. For two years, we've been just the favorite to win the Super Bowl, and now I mean, Blaine Gabbert. Back to business as usual. So sad to even remotely, especially with the talent we have, like there. Like, we have the ability to sign whoever we want, like, bring back whoever we want, essentially. But, like, fuck, oh man, I wouldn't be. It's not going to be good. This podcast is going to take a dark turn, whatever day that, that gets announced. Also, you know what, Tom? Don't do it to Big Ben. Big Ben, even though he has his off the field oh, yeah. issue and maybe isn't, you know, the best quality. American, yeah, a citizen. Give him that year for the hall. You know, book yours the next year. Let him have some shine. Let Steeler Nation party. You don't want to create an enemy in Pittsburgh. You know, don't don't take over the hall thing. Come back for another year. That's a fair point. That would just totally trash Big Ben's <laughs> Like, like two Super Bowls. Yeah, whatever. Tom's at seventies next. The man who, like, if you divided his career up into thirds, each third is like a Hall of Fame career in and of itself. Exactly. It's crazy. That is insane. Oh. Every Tampa career itself, Hall of Fame. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. 
Uh, and he's still playing at an elite level. Like he, it, the yeah. game has not really dropped off. I mean, there were some passes where I was like, "What are we doing?" But you know, overall this season, yeah. played, still got another Pretty year. Well. In arm. Yeah, still got I another year. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Tom, what do you want? I will try to get it for you. <laughs> Whatever it is. Um. All right. Well, nice. That's a. That's a. A fun Ended on a positive note. Yeah, that's a fun note for me to mull over until Sunday when I can <laughs> drown my sorrows in football. It's gonna be a great weekend of football, but yeah, thanks. Yep. <laughs> Love that. Um, all right, well, that'll do it for us this week. Uh, and as always, peace. And Tom, come back, please. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>